I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now, to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. What is up guys? It's your boy Matt Havis back at it again with the Dental Supervised Podcast. Today, Cole sits down with Dr. Chitra Durgam from New Jersey for part two of his interview talking about mentorship, social media, how it impacts dentistry, and they continue their conversation with all tips about finding a mentor that's going to suit your needs, all your philosophies, things that you believe in, and how you can coincide and you can really find somebody to help you grow as a professional and as a person. So... As always, enjoy the interview. Stay safe out there. These are crazy times. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us a like, comment, share to a friend. You can check us out on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. And as always, stay safe and vibe on. Another thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, and I've seen it on your social media, is that you talk a lot about mentorship. So my question that I have before we kind of jump into it is that, did you have a really great mentor that kind of got you on that path of, you know, this is what I know to look for in a good mentor or, you know, kind of what took you down that, you know, path of, you know, being able to explain, you know, what's a good mentor. And, you know, I think in my personal opinion, whenever you have a good mentor, you kind of really understand and grasp, you know, what it is to have somebody really to coach you and guide you and, you know, be supportive and not, you know, just kind of like put you down all the time so that you then rise to the occasion. Right. It's interesting because I think a lot of times when people are looking for mentors, they tend to gravitate towards people who they think are maybe famous, um, you know, have a lot of clout and could possibly help them. And we kind of evolved to start thinking so much about, you know, how can other people help us as opposed to looking at it from a point of view as who is someone that really has interest in me as a person. And I feel like when looking for a mentor, you really have to look uh, for people who have an interest in you as a person. For instance, if you have like some hobby similarities, or uh, maybe it's not about dentistry, maybe it's about business, and uh, you have some, some similarities there and commonalities, and when those overlap, I feel like you find really good mentors. And so looking for people who actually care about who you are as a person and who want to make you a better person is more important than anything else, and then we'll take the time. So sometimes when someone's famous, 
they have really only five minutes to share. They don't have like a regular way of being able to keep in contact with you. Whereas someone else who, you know, has been with you since you were younger and really has that passion for mentorship will invest the time. And so I feel like for me, what has happened is I've taken different aspects of um, really important people in my life. And I've used that to kind of form how I want to be and how I want to do things. I don't think that any one person has necessarily everything that will propel people in the, the way that they want to go. But for instance, myself, I'm really interested in entrepreneurship. So I really tend to look towards people who have really good uh, work in that area. So Gary Vaynerchuk is one person that I you know, obviously care a lot about because of what he's done. And I think he's such a great person that I take tidbits of what he's done and learn from him. And, you know, he always says like one is better than zero. So you could do like a thousand posts, but there could be one post that goes viral that really changes your life. And I've already adapted those type of techniques that he talks about in my life. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's my mentor, but I would take aspects of his life that I think apply to mine and use them. And I do that pretty much across the board with different people. My parents have been tremendous in my life by pushing me practically as well as academically to you know, try and do different challenges. Um, I have a friend that's just the most grateful person in the world. And anytime he you know, talks to people, you can feel that he cares so much. And I would like to have that same impact when I talk to people. And so that's one aspect of his life that I really try to model. And so for me, it's been more about, you know, looking at different people and seeing what is it in their life that I think I would like to emulate. And that's worked pretty well for me. And I really recommend that for everyone to take time to really assess what is it you want for yourself, because not every person is living the life that you want to live. And the glamour and everything that you see on Instagram isn't reality. And so look for people who are honest, who really tell you exactly how it is, because you don't necessarily want um, the made up version. You want the real version so that you can make sure that you avoid the mistakes that other people have had to go through. Right. And I, I love that answer. I really value that because I could not agree with that more, especially about, you know, the, the Instagram and the living, the, you know, the, the life of the rich and famous and the glitz and the glamour that you see. And, you know, a lot of that is, as we know, it's staged or it's, you know, for publicity or for promotional. It's not even really like an everyday attainable thing and especially those people that have insane sums of money you can't put yourself in their shoes and you can't it's not realistic if you be like oh yeah that's the life I'm going to lead like if you work really hard and you push yourself then maybe but you can't yeah. just realistically you know like snap your fingers and it's going to happen you know you right there's you're maybe not as fortunate as them to have discovered something new or you know to win the lottery or something crazy like that you know what i mean so, and some of those people just have really amassed that after many years of hard work and dedication um so and you can also that's one thing for me and i've always been raised on that is you can't compare yourself to other people and get down on yourself that you're yeah. not you know um i'm not this far ahead as somebody else or like especially in school or like oh my crown prep doesn't look as good as you know that person's or you know or like oh i, I didn't study as much for that test as you know this individual you know everyone's different and we all have our you know, uniqueness to us that makes us right. special and uniquely us and that's one of right. the humanistic traits of everyone um 
no, but I think that's great about, you know, finding little tidbits of everyone and then making like your kind of like hodgepodge together mentor. And that's kind of like your, your mentors, like, like you said, not one individual, but like a summation of all the things that you've learned and propels you forward. You know, for me personally, that I totally agree with that because, you know, my greatest mentor that I think the greatest percentage from is my grandfather, who is unfortunately passed, but he was one of my greatest mentors in that I, I drew from him because he was a dentist and I loved how he practiced and he was your stereotypical, like very caring individual. You know, he practiced dentistry in a time more so when the barter system was even really more of a thing. You know, now it's, you don't really see that and there's not really kind of a barter system, but his was like, oh yeah, the guy who paints my house, he can't really afford dental work. So he paints my house and I do his teeth or, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're giving people a break because you know, they're really in need and they really need it. Or, you know, having only one person pay and then, you know what, your wife really needs some work you paid. I'll just, I'm just going to take care of it because she really needs it. And just that really humanistic side. And I really value that. And then I shouted another plastic surgeon. His name is Dr. Donato Vigiano. Just like you said, living the life of glitz and glamour, you know, what you think on TV, like watching Dr. 90210, you think a plastic surgeon's life is you know, amazing sports cars, models, you know, all that living in Miami beach, all that kind of stuff where he's a plastic surgeon from a small town, Port St. Lucie. And, you know, he's telling me, he's like, you want to know what it's really like to be a plastic surgeon coming to my office and, you know, shadow me and I'll show you. He was like, am I doing Botox and augmentations and lip, you know, all that kind of stuff 24 seven? No, I do that stuff occasionally. He's like, but I do other stuff too. He's like, to be honest, like sometimes I'm a pseudo dermatologist. Like somebody wants this removed, but they want it removed more cosmetically. I do that. You know, somebody has a cyst in their face, like Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever, you know, I remove that sometimes too. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, right. you know, he, and he also was like realistic about it. He was like, you want me to be realistic? I didn't start making, you know, real money till my thirties because I had so much school to go through so many loans to pay off. And he's like, you know, I probably was 35 before I started making like a quote unquote profit profit, you know? Right. So, you know, I love that because people that are going to be realistic with you and especially, you know, my young age, just getting into a profession like this, not just with business, but with dentistry and medicine in general, you know, somebody that like says, oh yeah, you know, you're going to do it because you're going to make a lot of money and live the lifestyle that you want. That's all great. But I want the realistic aspect too. You know, that's why, you know, we talked about this before uh, we jumped on the call that, you know, I want to be able to establish passive income for myself and be able to live that good family life and, you know, be able to, you know, enjoy those family times and be present. And I know that working nine to five, nine to six dentistry, Monday through Friday, every week is going to destroy my back, you know? So right. do I, do I really, at you know, 62 years old, want to be, you know, hunched over with, you know, lauridosis, kyphosis, scoliosis, all the, all in between um, working on patients and having to crank it out to make a profit? No, not really, because that's not really realistic. Like there's right. people that are doing it. God bless them. God willing. That's fantastic that they're able to do it. But you know, for me, realistically, that's not what I want. And, you know, if you talk to your average dentist, they're not going to tell you that they're going to tell you, oh, I live this great, average, amazing life. You know, what you see on Instagram is what you get, but you might not see like some of the other stuff. And that's one thing I believe is like really nice and about establishing a brand. I think, you know, some people like to keep, you know, their Instagram and their life separate, or they like to keep their dentistry life and their business life separate you know, kind of like some people establish two Instagrams. They make like their dental related Instagram and they make their personal Instagram. I like the individuals that everything's on one. You know, they they have what goes on in their personal life. They have what goes on in their, you know, medical profession. They have all that kind of put together because then it shows like a well-rounded individual and it's a holistic, it's a whole person. 
Because if I'm going to choose somebody that I want to go see, just me personally, I want to see the person that's got pictures of their kids. Like, that's one thing I like about Dr. Paul Goodman, you know, that he posts pictures from dental nachos. He posts pictures of his kids all the time and his family and his wife. And, you know, here we are walking down the streets of Philadelphia. And then the next thing is like something about an implant course or a CE that's available. But then the next thing is like, oh, look at my daughter. She just lost a tooth, you know. You know, I love that because it adds that personal touch and everyone likes that. Everyone likes to feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think we all have like our personal things, like in terms of how we want to do our brand. And I think the brand should include, in my opinion, in dentistry, it should include the person as well. And going back to what you were talking about in terms of mentorship, I think another thing really that you kind of touched upon, which I think is really important is this idea of understanding the person and knowing, you know, like they're really going to um, be candor is like important to them and they're going to really be forthright with what they know but I also think ethics is really important like being around people who are ethical who understand that their reputation is everything that they treat people well they talk about people well behind their back and they're going to be the type of person who is going to try to explain everything and really how it really is um I see more and more that people are trying to get ahead and they're taking shortcuts um, Mm -hmm. in how they treat people. And I think really associating yourself with the right people is really important because if you choose a mentor who leads you astray and you think that that's going to be the way to get to your goals, you really can have a tough time, I think, in life. Um, And then personally, what I've seen is that there's quite a few people nowadays who really have seen that they think that the shortcut is really where it is and where you have to go to be able to make it. And I think it doesn't have to be that light way. You can take a little bit longer to contain your goal, but you can still get there. It's just going to take some time. And mentorship can really help in a lot of ways to accelerate things if you find the right one. Right. And I think that's so important. And, you know, you were just talking about in the beginning about ethics and, you know, finding the right fit. I think another important thing is, you know, finding somebody who's also humble you know, that's not, you know, cocky or, you know, like full of themselves. And, you know, they're the people that are on Instagram, like, you know, putting up this lavish, crazy lifestyle, but people at the end of the day that are humble, because I personally, I'm, I'm sure you feel this way too. Like I am so thankful to be in dental school and to, you know, have had this opportunity because when I think about it, you know, I was one of, you know, I think it's, I did the math. It's like, there are 26,000 to 25,000 dental students any, any given year in dental school. But there are, if you think about it, between all of the, I think there's 65 dental schools in the U.S. Out of the 65 dental schools, there are a couple thousand that apply to each every single year. So if you do that math, that's that's a huge number. That's a you know a couple hundred thousand people that are applying to dental school, you know, a given cycle. And that's crazy to think that you know, like I was fortunate enough to be able to you know gain a spot. And so I'm very thankful. And then I love, you know, hearing people that are so thankful, you know, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in a higher power, whatever you believe in that are, you know, just so appreciative and thankful that, you know, they're able to do this on a daily basis and, you know, have the wealth that they've accrued for themselves. Yes, they put their nose, you know, down to the ground and done the work and grinded it out. But, you know, that at the end of the day are just so humble and appreciative and are humble to honestly just be able to treat people and take care of people that kind of treat the patient as they're important as well. Because I think that's so important to, you know, there's the patient center versus doctor centered. And I think the patient centered care, that's what everyone wants. That's what you as the practitioner want. That's what the, you know, the patient coming in wants. They want to feel valued and they want to feel like you really care. Exactly. And I think at the end, uh, the patient can really pick up on a lot. Like, 
just like small things that happen within an office, if they see that the doctor has a really good relationship with their team, they understand, you know, this is the place that they want to be. If they know that the doctor takes care of their team with benefits, with, you know, making things really nice for the, the team when they're at home, you know, that reflects back also with the patients. And so it all really is like compound interest, right? The mentorship, the way you treat your team, the way you handle things within the office in terms of how you talk to your patients, it all compounds like your life. And I think really where it starts from is making sure that foundation is really solid. So all the other things that happen after that um, really benefit from the success. And it becomes much more fruitful, I think, and much more better success when I feel like you've done it the right way and you associated with the right people. Right. Yeah. You know, that's my grandfather, a great saying about, you know, associate with the right people. He'd always say, see your friends, see yourself. And I think that's, you know, that's so powerful. It's so basic to think about, but it's so true. You know, if you associate with people that are going to bring you down or are going to encourage you, as you talked about before, to cut corners, you know, to make a bigger profit or, you know, to improve efficiency, you know, whatever that means, you know, if you want to cut some corners, but you have to think, you know, you're cutting corners, but you're also, you're cheating a patient out of, you know, proper treatment or, you know, um, just, you know, general health in general, you know, if you want to like treat, you know, not sterilize your, think about like, you know, cutting corners, not sterilizing your instruments for the proper amount of time, or, you know, like, really, like, are you, you're trying to save patient's teeth, but then also you're going to introduce bacteria in your mouth, you're just counterproductive in your day, you know, like, why would you do that? Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's super important. And I really value that. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I think is really interesting regarding mentorship is that a lot of times when people um, are mentees looking for mentors, they sometimes seem to forget in terms of what the relationship is really about. Like a mentee really has to understand that the mentor's time is really valuable, that they're trying to do a favor for the mentee, mm -hmm. and that you have to really take into consideration that they're very busy. And, you know, contacting them about directions to their office or contacting them about things that you could find on Google, right? right? Is really where the breakdown of the relationship starts to happen because then the mentor doesn't seem to find time because they're busy and they realize the relationship is gonna to take too much time and too much effort. Right. It's about maximizing that relationship so that the mentor doesn't feel overburdened. And I think in those cases, the mentor also wants to be around mentees who they think are gonna be successful, to be honest who they see that they have something in them that may be like them or something in them that's gonna make them uh, be really proud of themselves and pat them on themselves on the back later saying, hey, I was the one that helped that person when they were younger and were not someone that um, was really getting the recognition that they deserved. And so a lot of entrepreneurs that I see who are quote unquote the 1%, really like to include people in their books, in their life, in their businesses, who are people that they see are going to be successful themselves, because they can say that I was one of the first in recognizing that talent. And there's a lot to be said about that. Right. No, I think that's, that's, that's incredible. I love that because, you know, if you, you know, establish that relationship with somebody and it's, there's also just not only that, there's that professional courtesy that you understand that, like you said, 
they're a busy individual and you respect their time. And that then you can, if it's somebody that you look up to, you know, why would you want to, you know, one, either waste their time or distract them from doing that thing that you look up to so much? You know what I mean? You know, how would they, how would they be the effective dentist that's able to see 30 patients in a day if they have to spend 30 minutes, you know, like FaceTime explaining something so sim- simple to you that, like you said, you could have just, you know, Googled or, you know, figured out on your own or, you know, be a self-starter, self-sufficient and kind of like, actually put your nose down and do what they did to learn it, you know, not kind of take the the easy way out, quote unquote, where everything has to be spoon fed to you. And I think that's, that's, that's so important to be a self-starter. And, you know, if you always are relying on somebody to get you through life, you know, what happens when you run out of people to rely on, you know, then you don't, you don't have your own ground to stand on your own two feet, right? Somebody. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is when a mentor helps a mentee and then they kind of continue to ask for more and more and more. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, Cole, is because obviously this podcast, you want to help people. But I, and exactly. I think this kind of real conversation is what people really should be interested in hearing about. When you have a relationship with someone and you keep asking them for more and more and more without understanding that there are also other people that you could be asking you know, information for. So you have to know when to kind of pull back and execute on your own after you've gotten that advice and not expect constant guidance on your life and be able to also find other resources is hugely important in in determining a person's success. Execution on advice, when a mentor gives you advice and you execute on that and they see that, that also motivates the mentor. When you don't spend so much time like constantly asking and constantly kind of basically holding on to the mentor for dear life, because you're hoping that they're going to make and you know make your career the success that you've always envisioned, as opposed to trying to do it yourself, that also makes a, an impact on the mentor. And so there's so many aspects of the relationship between a mentee and a mentor that don't get discussed enough. And I'm glad you're kind of like blowing the roof on this because we really can benefit all of us from understanding that relationship much more because regardless of whether you're 20 20 years old trying to find a a mentor or 40 years old trying to get a mentor, we all can benefit from these type of relationships in our life and understanding how to navigate them properly is really gonna determine our ultimate happiness, right? Where we're gonna be able to not have the door close on us repeatedly and that we're gonna be able to find those goals that we really want and I think it's really important. Right, and no, I think that's, you said it best right there. That's so important about finding. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is it's, it's said before, but it's so important is that anyone can learn anything from anybody. It doesn't matter age, gender, and none of that matters. You can learn anything, you know, the, you can't teach an old dog, new tricks, always line or whatever. No, like you can learn something from anybody. You know, we, we talked about that with Dr. Ferran about, he was like, I've learned so much from my young colleagues about, you know, social media and about the way the world is now (laughs) and about how technology is that, you know, blown my mind. And he's like, and then I teach them my old, my grandpa wisdom about, you know, (laughs) how, you know, like how things should be or how, you know, how to effectively communicate and all that stuff. And I think that's, you know, of course, everyone knows that the one of the lost arts is communication, especially in today's day and age, because now communication is, you know, this on your phone, texting, (laughs) head down, Um, nobody knows how to communicate. So I think that's one of the beautiful things. And that's one of the reasons that really we got into, you know, podcasting is that we're individuals that love to talk and communicate. I would hate to have to, if I want to find a mentor or a doctor that I want to talk to, I would have to have to email them or text them all the time. I would much rather go and talk to them in person and, you know, really establish a connection. And I think that's, you know, unfortunately, like in my generation, I'm 23. 
And that's one of the things that's, that's a lost art, if you will, in, you know, my age and especially younger is that, you know, the true art of communicating has kind of gone out the window. Right. No, I think we all can learn from each other. That's like the benefit of these times. And I think young people are really efficient. And I think it's important, I mean, as employers and a little, you know, me being a little bit older, it's important for me. I learn a lot from interacting with someone like yourself because I know what's important to you. I have a lot of team members that are somewhat of your age and understanding what's important to you. For instance, you may want to text me more than you would want to call me, right? You don't Mm -hmm. want to necessarily talk to me on the phone. There's not anything about that transaction that I have to take personally. It's just what your interests are and how you like to navigate the world. And so I have to understand where you're coming from to better interact with people of that age group. So the more we understand each other, the better, I think. And it's, it's great. Like, I love these kind of discussions because not enough people are talking about like the real truths behind like how we really can improve and how we can be better as dental professionals. Right. And just as individuals, I think, honestly, just learning how to learning how to pick up energy and then give back the same energy or just like you were saying about learning from someone else to maybe broaden your horizon on how to approach communicating and you know being a little bit more open and accepting that can go a long way global scale you know rather than not to talk about politics or to dive into any of those topics but i think that would solve a lot of issues if everyone just learned how to properly communicate (laughs) you know it's be more accepting of one another Um, yes yes definitely (laughs) right but in wrapping up here, and thank you again so much for your time, but is, you know, one thing we always value is, you know, individuals that like to, you know, seek knowledge. We talked about before about books and podcasts. So are there any books or podcasts that you could recommend to our listeners or even just yeah, that's us? A great, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I really like the podcast Masters of Scale by Reed Hoffman. He's a co-founder of LinkedIn. Oh, okay. um, I think that he's just an amazing individual. I think everything that he's doing right now is cutting edge. His podcast is really about um, using not only his voice to engage the audience in storytelling about business, but he also does podcasting on another level with the background sounds and sound effects. I also like his book, Blitzscaling. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyone that's trying to scale a business can really benefit from it. And I like the the book, Atomic Habits. there's so many books that are coming out now where, you know, you can learn quite a bit from on the business side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've stayed away from a lot of books for a while, but now I've really gotten into Audible. So, you know, when you're working out, when you're on the road, you can still get that book in. And so it's kind of right. changed the way that, uh, that I do things now. But um, those are probably my recommendations right now. That's great. No. And any, what ways can our listeners contact you if they have any questions or if, you know, they would like to you know, you know, what are your social media handles? We can even plug those if you'd like. Oh, that's nice of you. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all the Twitter, um, TikTok at D-R-D-U-R-G-A-M. And also on Alexa, I'm at Dr. Durgum. So if you ask Alexa to open Dr. Durgum, um, you can find me there next month. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, Dr. Durgum, thank you again so much for having this conversation. Like you said, it was just so so refreshing to have a conversation about something that's so applicable and so real. And it's not just, you know, I'm not asking you, you know, Hey, how do I do a class two? Or um, how can I give an interior <laughs> alveolar block? Or, you know, how do I, uh, how do I properly calculate the ROI on this, uh, on this income statement? You know what I mean? So, no, I, I really think these are important topics that, like you said, people just really aren't talking about sometimes. Yeah. And I think, 
I appreciate everything that you guys are doing because I see uh, the amount of time you're putting into the podcast and the professionalism behind it. And uh, I applaud you all for that because that's great at this age to be able to do that while you're in school. You're like miles ahead of me at that time. So kudos to you for that. Well, thank you so much for that. Of course. Well, I hope to speak with you soon and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. All right, guys, that'll do it for our interview with Dr. Chitra Durgam. This was part two of our uh, series with her about mentorship, how social media is going to change dentistry and how it's going to impact it. So as always, check it out. Let us know what you think. If there's anything or anyone that you would like us to talk about or speak to, please let us know. You could email us. You can shoot us a DM on Instagram at dental.soon.vibes. We want to find this. Let's make this the best podcast we can for you. So let us know. Everyone stay safe out there. You know, crazy times, but remember, just vibe on.